This hour of the Bill Meyer Show podcast is made possible by Clouser Drilling. Clouser Drilling is proud to sponsor the show. We appreciate them, too. If you need to drill for water, be sure to call Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. ClouserDrilling.com. Yesterday, I was having a grumpy day on the air. Didn't have much sleep. And I ended up responding to a listener, Jim Bob. And Jim Bob wrote me uh, you know, a, a letter, and he was uh, complaining about our Congressman Cliff Benz. And I kind of went off on that letter because, well, A, I was grumpy, but B, I really did believe what uh, what I was saying here. That, um, well, you know, we want to primary him. I'm going to vote for Jason, or I like Jason Beeb, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. You know, your vote is yours, uh, Jim Bob, and I don't want to rehash it too much. But I ended up responding correctly, and I know it was correctly uh, correct when I was saying that, hey, the, the challenge that you're running into is that um, Cliff Bentz is in there. It's probably going to take three to four million dollars minimum to challenge that. That is just the way it is. This is reality. And if you're going to challenge a sitting Congress critter, you better have your funding and your organization really set up in order to get that word out. But Jason Beeb, in my opinion, will not be a credible challenger for Cliff Bentz. Because of the weaknesses that I had uh, described, no organization. I think the last time he ran for office was in fourth place as a Republican uh, trying to challenge Senator Ron Wyden. So that kind of tells you, just a, it's just not going to work, you know, in my view, okay? But why is it that we have this system as it is right now? And because of what Jim Bob brought up, why is it that a Jason Beeb can't get better known, let's say, all right? Well, I wanted to talk with Dan McMillan about that, because I think he may be able to weigh in on it. Now, he's coming at it from a different angle. Dan McMillan... Is J.D. and Ph. So you're a doctor and you're a lawyer, a doctor lawyer, right, Dan? Welcome. Isn't that an alarming thought? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, a, a physician, sue yourself, I guess. Okay. Uh, no. In yeah. All, in all well, you know, people tell me I'm not a real doctor because I'm a, I'm a history Ph.D. I, I can't I can't fix a broken leg, although I can help you if you want to discuss the meaning of the human condition and so on. Those bigger questions. <laughs> All right, very good. Now, Dan that's, McMillan. That's above our pay grade today. Yeah, I think. <laughs> exactly. Like I mentioned, though, Dan McMillan is the founder of a group called Save Democracy in America. And what you have looked into deeply then is the connection between campaign finance and, in well, at least in our presidential politics, the persistence of elderly candidates, as it were. And, you know, uh, one can say whether or not you don't like uh, President Biden or you don't like uh, former President Trump who's running to be president again. But it does seem to be that uh, that America has had this tendency of electing, with rare exception, pretty old people to office, right? That's right. Where do you go? Where do you start on something like that? What drives a lot of this? Well, I think the, I think the best way of of understanding this bill is something you just you just mentioned. You were talking about a candidate. You said you know to to challenge an incumbent, uh, even just for the House, much less the Senate, you got to raise millions. And this and this you know you know it's been, this has been going on for decades, where you've really had to raise an enormous amount of money just to get a campaign off the ground, just to get be taken seriously by the media. Because if, if you don't have enough money at the outset, the media decides you're not viable, and a lot of the, the voters never hear your, hear, hear your name. But so, the media is probably right, too, you know, in that oh, respect. Oh, no, and that's a very <laughs> rational decision on the part of the media, mm-hmm. because the fact is that everything drives money in our politics, and especially in the last 
eight, ten years where the cost of, of elections, especially federal, has skyrocketed. And I think in a couple of ways, this has just eviscerated the bench strength of both major parties, leaving us with a Congress that looks like a retirement home and two presidential candidates who are both too old to be our president. One is, I think for quite a long time now, it drives away potential leaders. And I, I hear this from people saying, you know, that I, I talk to people who'd love to run, but why go to Washington and just be a glorified telemarketer that very few people respect? Because already eight years ago, it was reported that representatives and senators spent at least 30 hours a week at purpose-built call centers dialing for dollars, raising money for the next campaign. And given that the cost of federal elections more than doubled from 16 to 20 and then broke records again last year, you have to assume it's more than 30 now. Um, you're, you're well paid as tel telemarketers go, but you have no privacy. You, you, you know, are subjected to a lot of abuse. If you have real leadership qualities and want to do something for the country, why would you want to do that? It's degrading. And the other thing it does to us is over time, it's really narrowed the talent pool. You almost have to be a millionaire to win a seat in Congress and have friends who are millionaires so that you can, um, you know, hold a fundraiser at the golf club that you belong to. And having money doesn't make you a bad person, but millionaires, that's a much smaller set of people as a talent pool mm -hmm. than maybe we had 50 years ago where you could get Americans from all walks of life, but who stood out for their talent and their commitment. Now there's just very few good people that you can recruit to run for Congress. And I think that's really why neither party has a whole lot left to offer us in the way of compelling leadership personalities. That's a very interesting statement there, uh, Dan. I know you talked about uh, that we have both our presidential candidates, the main presidential candidates, are too old. So uh, President Biden arguably is infirm, all right? He has demonstrated quite often. I can't say the same thing about, uh, about former President Trump, though, can you? Well, you know, I... Since I'm strictly nonpartisan, my mm -hmm. campaign is not partisan, and I've been getting robust support from voters on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. Because getting money out of politics, this is not a party issue. This is an American issue. It's about government by the people. It's about what our country stands for. It's a long, it's a very long lead into saying I'm not going to take a position on Biden's infirmity versus Trump not having it. Because he seems to be pretty deft, you know, and uh, and supple, you know, as it were, you know, mentally, at least con contrasted with the current occupant. And and I'm not saying that Biden, you know, wasn't earlier or wasn't better earlier. I'm just saying that, you know, just, well, look at them, you know, is what I would say, you know. As, as I say, I'm going to pass on that particular issue, but I think, the, I think that a lot of Americans would agree with me at this point that for a long time— We've gone to the polls and felt that we've been voting for the lesser of two evils. Mm -hmm. I think that yeah. the polls show, focus groups show that the majority of Americans on both sides of the aisle are unhappy with their choices. Americans, there was already an article halfway through last year talking about how Americans were already dreading this election and are disgusted with it. <laughs> and it's still January. Back then it was like July. Yeah. Uh, I think both parties have been gutted by money in politics. And we, the people, are going to have to rebuild both parties from the ground up to serve us, and we can't really do that until we change the way the candidates pay for these crazy expensive campaigns. Because as long as they 
are getting all this money from billionaires and big business and unions and pressure, other pressure groups, they're going to be serving those people instead of serving us, and they're not going to be much use to us. But was it ever any different back in the so-called bad old days? You know, let's just say. I recall uh, reading a, uh, a statistic about even George Washington's presidency when he ran back in the very beginning, the early days of the republic, and that he spent the equivalent of a buck or two per vote in those days when the dollar was considerably more valuable. It was quite a bit of money. Actually, spent. That, you know, that's interesting. I haven't heard that, but I'm skeptical because I think at least until after the Civil War, basically campaign costs, you know, you sort of, you know, you staged a rally here or there. You gave a speech. The newspapers printed your speech. That was was kind of it. I think that, you know, 1880s to 1910 was a period when pretty much our whole government was owned by sort of the new uh sort of robber barons, industrial combines. Then we had our first campaign finance laws. From there till the end of the 70s, um, money, of course, always mattered, but it wasn't at anywhere near the level it does now. Yeah, it, it's not that money is everything, but it's not nothing either, right? You know that. that... And, and, and the other thing to remember is that it's gotten to the point now, it's, it's not that having the most money automatically guarantees victory. I mean, Mike Bloomberg taught us that that's not true. True. But Very true. <laughs> it's just that for quite some for decades now, you you're not a credible candidate without a lot of money, and that means that that basically the donors, big donors, get to choose the candidates we vote for, and limit what the candidates can do, because any any candidate or any idea, like say, regulating prescription drug prices so that we don't pay twice as much for medicine as do. Uh, all of our the, the citizens and all our friends and allies of the wealthy countries. Well, a candidate that starts talking that way doesn't get money from Big Pharma, which is one of the biggest donors. Oh yeah, Big Pharma will shut you down in a heartbeat, right? That's done. Exactly. Yeah, you're dead. You're dead the in the point. water. They're so they're so mm-hmm. desperate for money, they basically have to they have to avoid alienating every single special interest out there, which means when they get to Washington, they're handcuffed, and they've got almost nothing to offer us anymore that's positive. Dan McMillan is, once again, the founder of Save Democracy in America. And what do you see, then, as potential reform here? And before we get into that, what does the current way of dealing with uh, campaigns, how does that give us nothing but old people? And when I say that, as a, as a, uh, as a aging guy myself, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, the club. <laughs> yeah. There is a uh, a part of me that it used to be that we that we had people that were older because of a sort of acquired wisdom and life experience. And I have to tell you, I wouldn't want the typical twenty five year old. Hey, I'd love the 20, typical twenty five year old for many things, but I really wouldn't want them to be my president per se. So, yeah. but how do how do we go off the end in the complete opposite direction? Well, I, you know, again, I, you know, I think it's that uh, just for so long now, for decades. Because fundraising just became more and more the most important job, going to Washington basically means just being a glorified telemarketer, and I think that drives away so much good talent. Um, okay, just fewer and fewer people so want to go into politics. There's no path. Uh, there's no pathway for a young person to get the experience, and so we're left with oldsters. Neither party then. has recruited okay. good people for a long time. Now they got no bed strength. They're all hollowed out, and you've got these 
You know, a Congress, the congressional leadership that looks like a retirement home, especially in the Democratic side. So, um, so the fundraising necessity actually ends up aging the talent pool. Then, you really believe that? That's then? a nice summary. Hmm. That, that's short and sweet. I like that. All right, yeah. then I'll what? Then what do you believe is the pathway to reform? Something that you think would be you know, able to stir things up a little bit and uh, get a better farm team, a better political farm team. Make make the voters the donors, okay? I mean, basically, the 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 Supreme Court won't let us shut down the big ticket giving, but so the only path is a public financing mechanism. The way this is what has been called voter dollars. The way this is in my campaign, the only purpose is to get to a voter dollar system for federal elections, and basically, concretely, the government would give every registered voter an online account of campaign cash. You can't take the money out and spend it, but you go online and assign it to the candidates you want to support. And uh, if you fund the system robustly as, as at the levels we demand, candidates that want to serve us have this alternative pool of money that's unpolluted, that's controlled by the voters mm. instead of being controlled by special interests, and they can get enough money from us to run the kind of expensive campaign you need to be taken seriously and be competitive. And suddenly, that may, may not drive all money out of politics, but it levels the playing field and makes possible for younger people a much bigger talent pool and also to get Americans from all walks of life, not just corporate lawyers, but maybe a small-town real estate lawyer, maybe some more small business owners. Well, how about maybe someone who's just not always a lawyer? How about just someone who doesn't? It isn't always a lawyer because that seems to be the uh, number one occupation of people that end, end up and going that into also politics. Would be good. Fewer lawyers in Congress and maybe uh, more small business owners, uh, local doctors, nurses, school teachers, school principals, c- c- the kind of people you don't see in Washington at all today. But that way we have, you know, all walks of life, um, you know, in, in our country represented in our Congress so that the interests and the perspective of of many of of all you know different groups of Americans are represented instead of the perspective only of this very wealthy aging upper upper layer. Okay, how would you propose funding this? Uh, you're talking about voter dollars, and what would be a credible amount, let's say, uh, assigned to each voter? What do you think? So it'd be. I think we what we need is is a hundred dollars per voter. For the presidential years, 50 for the midterms, which are cheaper. This is taxpayer money. It's out of the budget. It would, uh, if all 168 million registered voters use it, use their voter dollars, you're talking about a little over $6 billion a year, averaged over a four-year, two, two cycles period. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the only objection I ever get from anyone is, wait a minute, my tax dollar is going to these bums. But the thing is, this reform would would pay for itself dozens of times over because it would kneecap the lobbyists working for all these groups that get wasteful spending out of government or as i mentioned before drug prices if we could you know if if members of congress are getting their cash camping cash from us instead of from drug company lobbyists and drug company executives then we actually could um, regulate drug prices, and that alone would save the American people hundreds of billions of dollars a year. Uh, and that's just one example of hundreds. Hmm. Um, so, what would happen then to people 
who are currently the donor class, the people that are writing the uh, big hot checks in pharmaceutical world, in the military industrial complex, and various other captured industries or regulatory captured mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. industries these days. What do you think? Well, you know, people listen. People, corporate CEO, the CEOs, the Fortune 500 billionaires. These people are always going to have a lot more influence than the average citizen. And that's not a bad thing. In my book, that's a good thing because these are very talented people who work very hard. The presidents, members of Congress are always going to take their call. Journalists are always going to listen to them. And also, these corporations will always be able to fund, uh, and no one's going to object to their buying, you know, issue advertisements. If they want to fund TV ads to argue for or against a particular law, they'll still be able to do that. So it's not like they're going to be completely deprived of any say in our government, and I wouldn't want them to be. But they shouldn't be allowed to buy elections anymore. They in other words, they shouldn't, be the, they shouldn't be the only dominating player. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's the American people. We, the people, deserve a voice, too, and ultimately our voice should be dominant. All right. What would the mechanism be? Is this something that uh, would Congress have to pass this? pass the law, because in some ways it seems that Congress would be voting to, uh, well, make some things tougher for itself. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Well, you know, I think as a practical matter, Congress, they're all, no matter what they, even even the best intentioned members of Congress who would love to get off the fundraising treadmill, they, they're not going to lead on this issue because they're too dependent on their donors and they can't offend them. Oh, hey, I'm right with you there, because I'll just give you an example. Uh, a yeah. few years ago, I talked with a former uh, congressman, Congressman Greg Walden here, and he was decrying how the moment he was reelected, he had to spend tons of time on the phone every week. He had raised like three, four million dollars at that time, about 10 years ago, and it hasn't yeah. gotten cheaper. And but the thing is, realistically, the, the only way this happens really is we need a, a massive groundswell of public opinion. We need, I mean, I think what we need really for this to happen is for this money in politics and this reform to be a top five issue on the national agenda in a presidential year where everyone's talking about it and candidates have to take a stand on it. And I know that sounds like heavy lift, but for me, and and I think it's going to take a while to build awareness and educate voters about the money problem and get the word out. But the thing is, the American people are already fed up with the system as it is. And we've been saying for years on both sides of the aisle, we want this to change. We just don't know how. Um, and I think also what's really great about this is this is something that I found, including in a, a poll that I commissioned last year of New Hampshire voters. This is something that absolutely has crossed bipartisan appeal among the voters. And ultimately, it's something that I think Americans all can get behind because this is about the ideals that make us Americans. It's about government by the people, which is what our country stands for. And I think, and so I think for that and for other reasons, uh, I think that building the kind of public support we need to make this happen is, uh, is eminently doable. But uh, until, until we've gotten that massive support, I wouldn't waste a minute of my time talking to someone in Congress. Lobbying Congress is not going to get this done. All right. Dan McMillan, once again, is the founder of Save Democracy in America. It is SaveDemocracyInAmerica.org. It's very thought-provoking. One final question before you take off. 
if yeah. we ended up having these uh, voter dollars, you know, coming through automatically, and then you could designate how they end up being distributed to various candidates. Yes. And there is still going to be donor money that can go to candidates that are well-connected. Is there a possibility that ultimately the only people who will get these voter dollars end up being the famous people, people who are already famous? In other words, a, you know, a whole government of reality TV stars, <laughs> so to speak, and, and TikTok and TikTok influencers. You know? Is there a dangerous side of that? I'm just, just posing the no, question. I mean, that's, that's a really interesting, that's a, that's a, a great question, a sensible question. Uh, I think that one can't exclude the possibility that some that some people who who have nothing but nothing but fame and social media savvy uh, do get in. But the thing is that once you're getting your cash from the voters, at some point you've got to offer the voters substance. And if you run up against an opponent who's also getting their cash from the voters through the system, and that substance that that candidate is asking tough questions and delivering good ideas. I think ultimately the voters are going to know to separate the wheat from the chaff. Dan, I hope you're right. I appreciate you coming on the show and talking more about this because, like I said, a listener uh, wrote me uh, an email the other day about it and uh, expressed a real problem there, you know, about it and, and kind of decrying the fact that, yeah, why does it take so much to be able to to run and so much that it only ends up being the wealthy who are really or else the, the well-connected and wealthy able to uh, make this happen. Dan McMillan? Save Democracy in America.org. We'll have you back on. Appreciate the call. Thanks for talking about it. I would love it. that. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. Yeah, my pleasure. 836 from KMED and KCMD. This is the Bill Myers Show. One of each sold in 224482, MSRP 21615, 3500 due, Sportage Vin 69157, MSRP 3390, 4399 due, 10K miles per year, zero security deposit, all incentives and discounts to dealer, plus tax title license, 150 registration processing fee, trading in a vehicle will not eliminate your debt, negative equity applied to new loan balance, ends 13124. With brand new Kias starting at 159 a month, it's time to get more in 24 at Kia Medford. More savings, more selection, more for your trade. Rush in now. Get a new 2024 Kia. Kia Soul LX Automatic, just $159 a month lease. For a new 2024 Kia Sportage LX all-wheel drive, only $199 a month lease, both for 24 months. Ready to get out of your current lease or loan? Once we make a deal, we'll pay off your trade no matter how much you owe. Need credit? Go to KiaMedford.com to get pre-approved in less than 30 seconds with no effect on your credit score. Get more in 24 with Souls, $159 a month. Sportages, $199 a month at Kia Medford. Click KiaMedford.com. American Rancher Garage is your premier auto care provider, serving Medford, Central Point, and the Rogue Valley, providing nothing less than the highest quality standard of professionalism on every single service and repair. Call today. Appointments are available for oil change to engine change. Get the peace of mind you deserve at American Rancher Garage on Biddle across from Elmers, 499-6673, 499-6673. American Rancher Garage. We stand behind every job we do with service you can trust. Did you get your truck a Christmas gift? Well, if not, no worries. Two Dogs Fabricating has plenty of trailers in stock and priced right. Two Dogs is Southern Oregon's source for Delco and Iron Bull trailers with 10, 12, 14, and 20 footers. Tilt trailers too. And our dump trailers come with slide-in rear ramps, a 10-gauge floor, three-way spreader gates, and pullback tarp system. Go shopping at Two Dogs Fabricating on Bryan Way off Sage and Medford. When you hitch it up, your pickup will instantly forgive you for that innocent oversight. We've heard it all. A two-car accident in my own driveway. 
Yikes. I should have cut down that tree a long time ago. So now I know what soft shoulder means. But the reason you need auto body repair doesn't matter to us as much as making your car look new again and the process easy for you. At Lithia Body and Paint, we've been getting Southern Oregon drivers back on the road since 1946. Service, speed, accuracy. That's Lithia Body and Paint on Bullock Road in Medford. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD, and this is The Bill Myers Show. Appreciate you being here. Let me get back to the phones. Jesse, you had a crime happen. we got a lot of people online here. We're going to get get you all on in just a second here. But uh, Jesse, you saw yeah. a crime or a crime happen, and you wanted to know my opinion. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Yeah. Uh a man who drops things off at the store uh, dropped, went inside, left his car running. Mm-hmm. One of the store uh, employees came out, stole his car, and took off in it, drove around for a while, and then came roaring back, almost ran over the two people trying to make him stop. Mm-hmm. And uh, the police were called, but the police said they couldn't do anything because it was on private property. And a store employee but he stole somebody's car and then he wrecked it slamming it into the propane tank uh bu- abutment oh, oh so this happened over to like a convenience store in grants pass right yeah yeah just down the street here and i can't believe that somebody can steal a car they and crash it on on store property and and go completely scot-free even though they stole a man's car and wrecked it yeah that doesn't make sense to me at all all jesse it really doesn't um because i mean you could say hey someone stole uh stole my car well i'm sorry they stole it out of your driveway and that's probably and that's private property right (laughs) you know i mean yeah now they stole it right right from the store and they were the the owner and the neighbor were trying to flag him down he almost killed him almost ran over him and and the the grants passed department of public safety according to what you're saying didn't want to arrest anybody no, the, the, the police said that it was a civil matter they weren't going to intervene that doesn't make so sense at all now d- now did they ever owner, did they ever drive it out onto the public roadways too yes so the store owner is going to be liable for fixing the man's car because the young man that took the car doesn't have a license or any insurance he's here on a work visa he's here on a work visa mm-hmm Oh, hmm. Now you're making me wonder. Well, I'm going to have to think about this one. Uh, could you email me a few details about that, like when this happened? Do you know when this happened? Just curious. Yeah, yeah, I do. When? And I'm, and we've actually even got pictures. When did it happen? Uh, about three days ago. Okay. Could you email Bill at BillMyerShow.com? Because this it's not making sense to me. You know, at this point, I can't believe that uh, that that police would would look aside or say that this is a civil matter when somebody steals something off private property, takes it onto the public roads, comes around and then and then hits somebody. It doesn't make sense. Something's wrong. It's uh, it sounds to me well, like there's yeah, all sorts of did. statutes that have been um, violated in the process of that yeah, unauthorized uh, unauthorized operation of a motor vehicle for one. You know, it's just one that yeah. comes to my uh, they didn't hit. They didn't hit the man, but they they tried to run. He tried to run him down. The guy jumped out of the way, and that's when he veered into the propane abutment and wrecked the whole side of this other guy's car. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Um, 
Get back to me on that one. Just email the details to me. I want to try to. That just sounds very odd, and and maybe I'm missing something out of this, Jesse. Okay, Uh, appreciate the call. Seven seven zero five six three three. Tom's here too. Hey, Tom, fire away. Go ahead. Good morning. I was listening to Dan talk. That was a very interesting uh, uh, discussion, and appreciated his uh, thoughtfulness and and ideas and so forth. Yeah, this was the guy that uh, is wanting for voter dollars to be assigned to uh, to voters to be able to assign to uh, to candidates of their choice. Yeah, right. And and the question I wanted to ask him: um, if we have a government that is so corrupt that cannot even hold on its elections, what makes him think that? Uh, this same government would uh, correctly distribute those voter dollars. That is a great question. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to have to. That's the first thing that hit me as soon as he said that. Yeah, I like the idea. However. Yeah. I'm going to have. Anyway. Yeah. In, in other words, it sounds like his heart's in the right place. I don't know if the if the, if the mechanism would actually solve what he's thinking it does. But he is right, though, about the fact that uh, essentially – uh, the donor class uh, buys a lot of the influence right now yeah, he, over he our really, system. Uh, he really articulated the problem, uh, a big problem with the voting in terms of uh, the big money just completely dominating everything like that. But as has been said, the Constitution was made for a moral, educated, uh, informed public, which okay. we do no longer have. Yeah, yeah, we have uh, somewhat uh, slid from those ideals, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tom, appreciate the call. By the way, hang on here. Uh, if you're Bob, Wild Sam, and other people, go ahead and join in here. It's Open Phones on Conspiracy Theory Thursday. We'll get right to it. Good morning. I'm Molly Smith with your NBC5 Morning News Update. With all the winter weather hitting our region, Mount Shasta Ski Park was finally able to open Wednesday with plenty of skiers and snowboarders showing up to take on the storm. To stay in the know on the mountain's conditions, text MSSP updates to 844-596-7275. Mount Ashland also officially opens today, and don't forget, it's day onesie. Those hitting the slopes are invited to don their best onesie to get in on some prizes. And Warner Canyon Ski Area in Lake County also hoping to open soon. The ski area says the goal is to open this weekend, but the recent storm hasn't brought enough snow. So keep an eye on their Facebook page for updates throughout the week. And several schools and districts will have snow days today. Ashland School District has announced that they will be closed due to hazardous weather conditions. And Butte Falls Charter School said they will see a two-hour delay this morning. And the Brit Festival is welcoming two guest conductors for its 2024 orchestra season. Following Teddy Abrams' departure, the Brit Festival Orchestra will be joined by Peter Bay and Alexandra Arieche. This summer, they will split responsibilities for the orchestra's 62nd season. Bay, who was the Brit Orchestra's music director from 1993 to 2012, will lead the orchestra for performances from June 13th to the 21st. Arieche is a newcomer to the Brit stage and will conduct the other half of the June performances. And that's a look at your morning headlines. For NBC5 News, I'm Molly Smith. This hour of the Bill Myers Show is brought to you by Johnson Builders, Southern Oregon's leading authority on post frame and steel buildings for over 20 years. Mm, good. Artisan Bakery Cafe new owners McKay and Jamie and their two sons invite you to come enjoy unique European-style pastries made fresh daily in South Medford for over 18 years. Baked goods the way they ought to be. Delicious and out-of-this-world satisfying. One memorable bite after another will leave you wanting more. From cupcakes to almond bear claws, rich butter horns, fruit-filled scones, cupcakes, beignets, and more. 1325 Center Drive next to South Fred Meyer, 245-3500. Hey, hey, hey! 
it's 2024, and I want to help you buy a new Ford or new-to-you certified pre-owned vehicle. Joel here from Butler Ford and Truck Center with the new year discounts and low-rate financing. Let's make your new Ford an F-150 XLT 4x4, where I've got 60-month financing at 3.9%, plus 5,500 in total discounts and rebates. One more time on that rate, 3.9 for five years. That's how Ford trucks cost less in Ashland. I've got low rates and big discounts on Ford Escapes and red-hot Ford Bronco Sports. The Bronco is a fun one to drive. Come check it out for yourself in Ashland. I'll show you. I've got acres of Fords and certified pre-owned, so come down and we'll help you find the vehicle and payment that are, well, right for you. Remember, Butler says yes to low interest rates. Butler says yes to big discounts and rebates. Butler says yes to giving you more for your trade. Remember, Butler Ford and Truck Center. They're only 12 minutes south of Medford, right off of exit 19, where you already know. We've got your truck, your SUV, your certified pre-owned, and electric vehicle. Discount after all four rebates and dealer discounts. 16 other payments at 1837 for 1,000 finance credit. Back to the Bill Meyer Show. 106.3 KMED. 99.3 KCMD. 847, back to the phones. Bob's here. Hello, Bob. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Bill. I have a solution to the uh, polarization at our federal government level and maybe even the state. All based right. on listening to your uh, caller, Don is, you know, we have our Senate House and we have our Congressional House. We need a House of Commoners. Uh, the House of Commoners, well, the House of Commoners is uh, technically the House of Representatives. That's what that's supposed to be. They're not very common, though, are they? Well, you know, you do bring up an aspect of this that um, has, you know, that we did not talk about when I was uh, when I was chatting about this, uh, you know, Saving Democracy you know, group. And that would be the fact that our current House of Representatives, they represent way too many people per individual. And if we were to actually keep pace with the House of Representatives, if it was that way, if it was the if the same, if the uh, if the same people, the number of people being represented were uh, the equivalent today, we'd probably have what uh, you know several thousand House of Representative members. Kind of like the Congress on Star Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You know the the, the Beehive. You know, yeah. remember the the yeah. Beehive, that sort of thing. But yeah. uh, but really, you know, can any one person truly in the federal government represent six, seven hundred thousand people? Which is the way no. they do it right now. No, you, they can represent maybe the majority or those who give them the most money, mm-hmm. or special interest groups, or yeah. things like that. Yeah. So what if we had a, a representative for every maybe fifty thousand? Would that work? Uh, I'm not a numbers guy, so I don't know how that would work out. I think rather than increase it that way, put in the third house of the commoners. You know, yeah, uh, but how? But but has, but how do you do that? Yeah. You have you have the same problem. I mean, the house of commoners. What's the difference yeah. between? What's well, the difference between that? Because then you'd have money going into the represent to the house of commoners. But, but you could limit that money way, 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 way down. Yeah, you, know, you could put a limit on. Yeah, that, that's a that's uh, a big con- that's a big constitutional lift, though. You know that, right? <laughs> a big lift okay all right all right thanks for the call we go to wild salmon hey steve how you doing go ahead hey bill uh something in the news today is they've approved etf for uh cryptocurrencies that's right so uh they'll be speculating and trading that on the markets now yeah well yes but the thing that is not apparent that people need to be aware of is they're trying to market this to average people and What's happening is by allowing these ETFs, they're also allowing short sale. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. because you're going to hold it in a brokerage account, and the, the SEC is not enforcing the rules on short sales. So uh, the the major players, the the uh, the computerized trading people. The All right. Do you mind if fidelity. I do you mind if I jump ahead and kind of I see where you're headed because I'm just short on time. Yeah. This is, this is another way in which the vampire squids will be able to pump and dump the uh, sheep, right? Absolutely. So don't buy those don't buy those uh, ETFs because you're just fueling the fire. It would seem to me that if you think Bitcoin is good or uh, cryptocurrency is good, buy the cryptocurrency. Absolutely, because that's something outside of the system, and that's why it's hated. And that, and when they end up uh, saying, "Hey, we can do an ETF now," you know, exchange traded fund. You know, on this, it uh, strikes me as uh, something which is allowed by the system in order to more adequately control it. Yes, right absolutely. And 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 we small people are going to get killed because they will do the pump and dump. Um, I'm just absolutely certain that's what's going to happen. All right. Appreciate the opinion. Thanks for calling. And uh, let me go to line four. Hi, KMED, KCMD. You've been holding on a few minutes. Who's this? Good morning, Bill. It's Francine. Francine, take it away. All right. My conspiracy theory is, as we all know, the Dems are masters of the long-term psyop, and they've been, you know, conditioning America for years. You know, with COVID, blah, blah. you can name all kinds of things. Now, most people with half a, half a brain cell left are aware that Biden, Biden doesn't even have that much, and he's not going to be able to go the distance, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's also losing losing some support on the left, although. You know, I mean, they want they got to have they got to win. Now, Michelle Obama has been out there making, you know, these. Oh, my God, I'm terrified of what will happen. You know, yeah, well, what, what, what will happen if he's reelected? Right? Yeah, she, mm-hmm. she's losing. She can't sleep. She's, you know, terrified. And mm-hmm. she's been making appearances. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She can't sleep over at Martha's Vineyard anymore. It's right. just a... and she spent she spent a long time, you know, the last year or so when people have brought up. Oh, will you run? She's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not interested. OK, mm-hmm. boom. She's going to like. Oh, Biden can't run. I better save us from Trump. And everybody on the left is going to go, oh, thank God, Michelle. Well, she actually has, for some reason, though, uh, you know, the dumb shape of the country actually give her high marks for whatever reason. And so she's Obama's Obama's man wife. You know, I mean, she's she's probably a tranny. I mean, that's my opinion. I might be wrong, (laughs) but I believe she's a tranny. She's black. She appears as a female, and she's she, she's married to you know the great Barack Obama, who they all idolized and loved. So, so this would be this would end up being the fourth the fourth yes. uh, Barack Obama administration. I love that. And, and, and by the way, you know you know what the theme song could be. We'll take that old uh, Jimmy Dean song and redo it. Big Mike, <coughs> big Mike. <laughs> that was good, Bill. Big really big good. Mike. <laughs> <clears throat> I can't go down as uh, deep as that guy. Big, no, big I, I, Yes, that's okay. It was a good effort. <laughs> oh, on that note, uh, how about an email of the day? Email of the day uh, sponsored by Dr. Steve Nelson, Central Point Family Dentistry, centralpointfamilydentistry.com. And gosh, I just uh, love that place. And by the way, crowns while you wait. You need a crown and then uh, you need that taken care of because they can do that while you wait. They have the in-house lab. It is just really, really cool stuff. Find out more about this, centralpointfamilydentistry.com. Get your appointment today. And on top of that, uh, they also, uh, well, you know, uh, they also have, um, there was, I just, uh, 
that was what I was trying to tell you. The address, the address. Too many things going on here, all right? The address right next to the uh, Mazatlan Mexican restaurant in Central Point. Okay? All right. Let me go to uh, some conversation we had. Uh, DL writes me, Bill, after listening to your program yesterday and the callers who made comments of the people, by the people, and for the people, I realized that many people don't see the big picture. Even you point out that you need 3 to $4 million to run for a congressional seat. That's the problem with our system. Super PACs and big money are the people who decide who remains in office and who doesn't. By the time that anyone reaches a congressional office seat or higher of president, they've been bought off. They no longer really represent the people. Our votes at that point don't matter. Moreover, our voices don't matter. The Congress is simply there to give each of their constituents hope and that's it, and nothing else. Notice how no one delivers on real issues ever. Borders remain open. FBI gets their mansion for a better police state. CIA, NSA, etc. continue to illegally surveil Americans. Our rights are continually being attacked. Endless wars continue. January 6th, 9-11, etc. Set up by the government to erode our constitutional rights, on and on. In the end, I think it's very apparent to me that we are slaves to an institution that our forefathers would have rose up and uh, reinstituted our government like it was originally intended to be, of the people, by the people, and for the people, through life, liberty, and justice for all. You think the schools are broken, our government is worse. DL, appreciate you uh, writing on that. Dale of Medford also uh, comments on that same sort of situation. This started with me being grumpy, you know, about uh, Jason Beeb and everything else from uh, Jim Bob's letter. And says, Bill, all of our politics is a fraudulent, frivolous game. Hardly any politician talks anything or takes anything about the Constitution or the people seriously. It has become nothing more than a tiddlywinks-typed game, and that has really taken place when the meetings started getting televised. The media is even worse with their supposed news. It really is so old and is biblical, since all one needs to do is read how the laws and rules were used to control the people. The rulers don't like individuals nor individual thinking. Dale from Medford. Dale, appreciate you uh, writing, too. That's also another reason why I continue to focus on the uh, the election process, uh, flawed as it is, here at the local, especially the city and county level. We're having difficulty coming up with any real reform at the state, at the state level right now, and certainly at the federal level. But there is still hope at the local and especially county level. And when I say hope, I'm not talking about the hope of the Democrats to have five county commissioners and then decreasing their uh, their power and such. We'll be talking more about that in the coming days. Yeah, they're already attacking Josephine County and Jackson County on the, uh, on the chopping block, too. I mean, make no uh, doubt about that, okay? So we'll kick more of that around here in the next few days. County, 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 your local city, 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 all right? 857.